Whether you are starting a business or running a business, maybe you are producing a podcast like The Kara Golden Show. Let's face it, it's always way harder than one might expect. Lots of little details, meticulous planning, producing product, guest coordination, editing, promoting each episode. It's all a ton of work. Managing merchandise, managing cases and book sales too, layer after layer of complexity. And if you're like me, looking for ways to operate more efficiently and effectively is the name of the game. That's why I'm going to let you in on a little secret. ShipStation, the tool that is here to help you and you need to know all about it. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me to manage orders from anywhere and print shipping labels with just a click. Seriously, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable. With discounts up to 89% off carrier rates, you can't go wrong. Significant savings. And who doesn't want that? An easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses? Not much churn either. 98% of them stay with ShipStation because it truly works. ShipStation is it. So if you're ready to streamline your shipping process and focus more on what you love, head over to ShipStation.com, the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders. We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Today's episode is a bonus episode. I hope you enjoy it, and please make sure to tune in Monday for a brand new episode of the Kara Golden Show. Enjoy! Building a company from nothing is freaking hard. Us entrepreneurs are expected to deal with unimaginable challenges and somehow keep a cool head through it all. This is The Art of Entrepreneurship, and I'm your host, Jackie Hermes. I grew my company, Excelity, from zero to seven figures with no partners and no funding. The Art of Entrepreneurship is a show where we cut through the BS and dig into what it actually takes to start and grow a company. If you give me your time, I promise it won't be wasted. Now let's get to work. Welcome back to The Art of Entrepreneurship. Today's topic is an important one that you will definitely grapple with throughout the entire process of starting and building a company, overcoming doubt. 
not only do we experience doubt from other people, when I started as an entrepreneur, people were skeptical to say the least, but you have to deal with your own internal doubt as well. Questions like, am I really cut out for this? How am I going to survive this season? I still ask myself that all the time. And a lot more come up for me, even 10 years into entrepreneurship. There is no better person to be here with me today to discuss this topic than Kara Golden, who literally wrote the book on overcoming doubt and doubters called Undaunted. Be sure to check it out. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Kara. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. Yes. So I want to start out. I, well, I went through a lot of your website, but I love the story that you share. And it's similar to a lot of the founders that I've met before, where the, they experience a problem, either a personal problem or a problem at work, and they come up with some kind of solution. And then they wonder, hmm, you know, like it seems like other people should be able to use this or this would benefit other people. And they go through that process of kind of commercializing it, which seems like it's what you did, um, not to oversimplify it, but in the process of overcoming a soda addiction, you found a way to drink more water and you started Hint while pregnant with your fourth child, which is crazy. I loved your husband's reaction in in your book, like, oh, you're just going to do this. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Tell me about the early years where you didn't have the experience in the beverage industry and how you went about figuring out how how to do things like packaging and production and just like getting the company off the ground. So, you know, it's funny because first of all, when I wrote my book, I wrote it because it, it, it was really my journal. So I had been journaling because people would say, oh my gosh, like you can't make this stuff up, right? Like all the crazy that went along, along the way. And some of those days were, you know, really hard, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, weren't, um, you don't have to be a beverage entrepreneur to sort of have hard days. And, but I kept thinking, let me just write out the story really quick. And, um, and that was my journal with like 600 pages. And after a while, a friend said, you should really put all of this into some sort of format, like a book where you could help a lot of people. I'm like, oh, wow, what a great idea. Yeah. Uh, that would be great. But but yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of it stems from the journey before starting Hint. So I had never been an entrepreneur, but I had worked for entrepreneurs and I never really thought that I would become an entrepreneur necessarily. Uh, but I really enjoyed the idea of building and learning along the way and doing the crazy stuff that everyone said wasn't possible. And so that was, you know, initially my second job uh, out of college was at CNN. And so I was able to see, you know, Ted Turner run around the office and, and and in New York and talk about the world needs news. And it doesn't matter that they don't speak English in every country, they should know what's going on in the world. And, and he believed it. And he believed he could go and compete with national network news. Now, there were many people that didn't, there were, we were only in 40% of the country, but watching somebody like that really lead a team to believe that one day it's going to be possible and showing the growth was very, very exciting. And then when I came out to Silicon Valley, I worked for a little spin out of Apple, a Steve Jobs idea that he doesn't get a lot of credit for, which was the early days of direct to consumer. Um, 
and the we basically put catalogs on a disc. And so that that was the early days of online shopping. And mm-hmm. again, nobody really knew how to do it. I didn't particularly even know how it worked. I mean, basically we were inserting a disc into a machine and somehow the machine was magically like reading the images. And it was, I mean, it was crazy, but I was able to kind of do the front end of that product and and help to build that. And again, we didn't know, we didn't have the pricing. We didn't really understand what we were doing, um, but we were kind of making it up as we went along. And I thought it was, you know, funny. And when I'd run into people and say, oh my gosh, you work for T-Market. That's amazing. And I love that energy where yeah. a lot of people knew about the products that I was working on initially, but then over time, more and more people knew about it. And I loved, um, I wouldn't say I'm a particularly patient person, <laughs> I, <laughs> but yet, but yet when I look back, you have to have patience in order you know, to build something that hasn't been done before. So uh, we were acquired, Two Market was acquired by a company called America Online. And um, America Online was not the uh, number one in the online services category at the time. They were like number three. But by the time I left there, it was number one. Uh, We were it for shopping. And, you know, people were chatting on America Online and, and, uh, fighting with their brother if they picked up the phone and disconnected, you know, their phone line or whatever. I mean, it was just crazy watching all the firsts that happened there. So I guess when I decided to launch Hint, when I was pregnant with my fourth child, Justin, I thought, this is something that I don't know anything about. I had learned a lot about tech. It's funny because we got a ton of press on hints initially and, and actually for the last 17 years. But the big story that everyone wanted to write about uh, and interview me for was the fact that I left tech, the fact that I was, you know, a vice president. I was one of the youngest vice presidents at America Online and one of the few women at that level. Mm. And that, so people like said, why are you getting off the train? Why are you leaving to go to another industry. Did, did you hate tech? Was it? <laughs> I mean, there were days when I had, you know, my moments, but I actually loved the build. And when I saw this new idea that I had, this new category called unsweetened flavored water that I can go and build, I thought not only is it exciting to me and sort of taps into my curiosity, but I have a solve for a problem around health that I think I can help a lot of other people with. So that was, you know, a long-winded answer to sort of say why I think I was uh, undaunted um, enough because of Mm -hmm. the other people that I had worked for. But again, when you're in it, you don't necessarily see it. Afterwards, you start your journey um, good, bad, and awful, right? Is it is what makes you who you are. And that's something that I try and get across on my podcast and all my posts uh, and in my book today, because I think it's a really important thing for people to recognize. You're never wasting your time. You're just building up different ideas, your curiosity, your um, relentlessness. Um, and uh, 
and figuring out how to move forward. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell, or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. 
I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. You touched on two things that I talk about all the time, which is one, how much it matters who you surround yourself with. And it's funny that you say you didn't even totally realize what you were learning, right? Because you were working for these people that were just like, well, I guess we're going to go and figure this out, right? It wasn't like, here is the playbook and here's how you get to the next step. It was like, cool, we all know nothing. Let's go figure it out. And even if you weren't sitting there taking notes, that was ingrained into your mind. And I feel like that's what happens to a lot of us when we hang out with people that are, you know, they're just like comfortable where they are and they don't want to do anything else. And that's okay. But if that's not where you want to be and that's not for you, then you have to be around people that are reaching for that next thing or have that figure it out mentality. Um, on the figure it out mentality, I think that makes people really uncomfortable to be in a place where you know you feel like an imposter. And I talk about imposter syndrome all the time. How do you get over that idea of, you know, like, I don't know how we're going to do this, but we're going to do this and let's go. Is that just like a mentality that you have or something that you developed? Well, I think having a goal is always really important. But I I sort of have this visual that I think I started actually when I was a kid, when I was an athlete, where mm-hmm. I'll have a goal of this is where I want to go. I don't necessarily even talk about it. I mean, maybe I share it with my team today, but this is kind of where we're headed. But more than anything, in order to get there, you have to figure out what the steps are. And you have to figure out how you can continue to make progress. And you have to look back on those steps and how far you've come as well. Because I think so often we we don't get started because we fear that it's just going to be really hard, right? And so one of the stories I talk about or one of the chapters in the book is um, kind of facing my fears. And I uh, was, I'm still to this day very afraid of heights. And a lot of people know that about me. I mean, we're not in sort of situations where um, I'm in that every single day, but anybody who knows, like, they'll be like, hey, do you want to, you know, go hella skiing? I'm like, uh, no way. <laughs> There's like, I'm not even interested in having that conversation. Right. And so I think there's just a, there's, there's just this idea that the more times you go and figure out how do you get to solve that problem, then 
you become that much more confident in yourself. Like I can do something. It's interesting. Uh, one of the things that I really learned in, you know, mostly tech, but also in media working at CNN as well, is that when there's a big idea out there, maybe you call them visionary founders, like they've got this idea for something that's going to happen. 99% of people will take the easy route and say, you can't do that. That's impossible. And my natural response will be like, why not? And most of the time people don't know why not. And so in tech, growing up around a group of people in tech, I mean, it's, it's interesting. We would have competition like at America Online. We would talk about Microsoft and we would talk about some of the stuff that they're working on. And we would have friends at Microsoft. They wouldn't give away trade secrets or anything like that, but we would admire them from afar. Like, that's really cool. I wonder when that will get done. <laughs> you know, and we'd be jealous, right? That that kind of stuff was working. But again, it keeps your curiosity up and it gives you sort of this idea, like, how can we go do something that's better in some way? And yet, like when I walked into the beverage industry, instead, it was that's impossible. You can't do that. Um, You've worked in tech. I mean, they would say, what did you do before you decided to start Hint? And I said, I was at America Online. I wasn't even like throwing titles around or anything. I just was like, they were like, oh, we didn't know they had a beverage. And I'm like, we didn't. (laughs) But again, I think it's, it's the story of, you know, the underdogs. It's the story of the people that um, enjoy the build that are okay with, uh, going slow, right. They don't have, those are the people that are the scariest, right. And that's what I've learned over time. It's the people that no one expects that they're actually going to win. Yeah. Right. And then they did. Right. And I always saw that, I think growing up in athletics, right. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's the people that actually, maybe have one thing and it going for them and no one's watching that are, whether I ran track as well, it, those were always the people, right. And that you had to just watch out for that. They, you know, and, and I think to some extent, the people that are more experienced, the people that have, uh, that are expected to win, there's a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. right. And so that was the thing that I had realized just from my journey that just because we weren't Coke and Pepsi, um, you know, everybody in the industry expected us to lose. But instead I said, you know, we might, we might lose. I mean, I had a number of trade people who would walk up to me, trade press in the early days of Hint at the uh, trade shows. And they're like, uh, you seem like a nice lady, you know, you seem like, and I was what? like, okay, it's all good. And yet people, you know, friends of mine who had worked with me, they said, you're the person that they need to, you're the undaunted one. You're the one that no one's expecting, you know? And, and again, I think just having that journey myself and being able to enjoy and appreciate life every day and everything that, I have been privileged to be able to do and have and not take yourself so seriously are all really important points that I would love to share with people. 
Mm-hmm. People love to doubt. And I think people can doubt you for any number of reasons. I, people have asked me over and over again, oh, this is your company? Like, what do I not look like I started it? Like, what about this conversation, you know, makes you think that it couldn't be my company? It's just, it's all in those little, like, little hints and conversations where you hear stuff like that and you're like, hmm, well, I'm going to go out and do even better. I see it as a challenge as well. So I loved that you said that. I'm hearing a little bit in the things that you're saying, maybe some hints of like overcoming imposter syndrome, like, and in, in, in the practice is only how, you know, like you have to see the challenge and go and do to try to overcome it. And then you see the next challenge. I recently talked about that on a podcast. Do you feel imposter syndrome? You know, I think everybody does to some extent, but I think what I've learned over time, and maybe it's just once you have enough experiences with it, uh, what I've learned over time is that you have a choice, right? You can actually admire people or who are doing things that um, maybe you're a little jealous of, maybe you <laughs> them. Um, you know, you never really know the full story. Um, and I think over time, that's what more people need to appreciate, right? And it's, it's, um, I think that when you're in the number one slot, when you have a lot of people who are, you know, gunning for you, right? Like I said, it's, it's a, it's a tough spot to be in, right? Whether you're a brand that's in that spot or whether, you know, you're an individual. And again, you never really fully know the whole story. And I think like I've learned that over, over time and it's way better to sort of fly under the radar and, and to be able to, you know, continue to do what you're doing every day and, and not be in a rush to do it either. I think like that's another piece of it. Um, so I think it's, it's, uh, it's much healthier. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are running out of time. I just have one more question for you. A lot of the listeners of this podcast are people that are either thinking about building a company or building a business themselves and like really in the the day-to-day of it and the ups and downs. And gosh, I mean, I'm there too. If you had one piece of advice for those people, what would it be? I think the key thing is there's a lot of pressure uh, amongst people uh, to, especially college kids today, to go and be an entrepreneur. It sounds mm-hmm. like incredibly great, sexy, all this stuff. And it's really hard. I mean, there are way easier ways to make money. And what I always tell people, unless you have an idea that you believe you can actually scale, if you can just sit there, lay in bed and think, okay, this is where this is how I scale it. Maybe you don't have it all figured out, but this is sort of how I scale it. And this is where it's going to go. And then you're okay with the idea that your timeline for scaling, triple it, right? It'll take way longer to do it. Um, And, you know, the number of pitches that I get from entrepreneurs that, you know, they think they're going to sell the company in two years. I mean, we're 17 years in and it's like an over, I mean, people are like, like what? I mean, they can't believe. And that's the thing. It's like, you have to have patience and you have to be able to, um, you know, go the long course. And I think that 
that's the thing that I think a lot of entrepreneurs are really missing along the way. So, but also I think the ability to, to try the ability to, do you have it in you to sort of get back up again? Mm -hmm. Right. And because there's going to be things that come along the way that are obstacles that are, you know, hurdles that you've never tackled before um, that you're, you could go and work for some nice job and make a great check every two weeks. And, you know, and that's fine too. So, but I think that that's the most important thing. And then I think also don't allow the doubters to kind of block you from being able to achieve what you want to achieve. And if you fail, if you have challenges along the way that you couldn't get through, I think just owning those challenges and, you know, saying it was just really tough for me. I just like couldn't figure it out. And maybe you'll just by actually talking to more people about it and being authentic, I think that you're able to sort of show people a lot more about you, right? And that you're not going to have it all figured out, but you're going to keep um, pushing forward and being resilient until you do. And what I've learned about any mistakes that I've made in the past or challenges is that hiding those are a lot tougher um, than actually saying I'm incredibly embarrassed by it maybe, or I couldn't figure it out, or I wish I would have known about so-and-so because that would have helped me because that is showing who you are. And what I found Mm -hmm. people want to back people who own their problems, own their challenges, then who are hiding, you know, behind a challenge, like, Oh, that never happened. And so that's my experience. You are truly speaking to my soul. I couldn't agree more. And actually, the next episode is talking about the phrase, fake it till you make it, and a little bit into that idea that people have the propensity to hide their failures and only talk about successes and what the value is of, you know, like telling people that you failed and even processing publicly a little bit, which I know we both do that a little bit online and talk about our failures. And it lets people know that it's okay. It's okay to talk about it. And, you know, whatever their perception is of you or of anyone online, you know, people like us still screw up every day and it's completely okay to do so. Absolutely. So I think it's, it's such an important thing to, to know. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today. It was amazing to have you here. And for anyone listening, if you got value out of the episode today, please share it with just one person and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. 
And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.